Welcome to the Higher Ed Huddle, where we discuss the most relevant topics in higher ed today. I'm your host, Joe Trano, and I'm joined by my co-host, Brian Hadley, as we kick off a three-part series focused on AI in higher education. We're having three different guest perspectives, a student, faculty, and CIO, Chief Information Officer. Today, we, our guest is Steve Zaromsky, who is the CIO and VP of IT at Bridgewater State University. Thanks for joining us today, Steve. How are you? Doing great, Joe. Thanks for having me. Um, we're excited to certainly have you and talk about a hot topic these days, uh, artificial intelligence. And uh, to get started, it would be helpful to get a little background on who you are and what you do. So why don't we start there, Steve? Sure. Sounds good. So uh, again, I'm Steve Zaromsky. I'm the Vice President of IT and CIO at Bridgewater State University. We are located in Bridgewater, Massachusetts, which is about 40 miles south of Boston, uh, we're the 10th largest four-year college or university in Massachusetts. That's both public and private. Got about about 9,600 students or so. Um, it's really, as far as I go, you know, as a, as a CIO, I'm responsible for, for really all areas of IT. Um, your typical technology infrastructure side falls under me. Uh, our ERP, our enterprise resource planning tool and student information system is a big part of what we do here. Uh, data warehouse, all of our reporting applications, uh, classroom media technology. Uh, we even have our own internal uh, project management office within the IT division here uh, to help uh, enable and advance projects across the institution, and not, uh, also outside of IT as well. And of course, cyber uh, is a big component of what what I'm responsible here for. So really, really runs the gamut, Joe. Thanks. Well, thank yeah, thanks, Stephen. Thank thanks for jumping on with us uh, today. Um, I'm curious. If you can share, uh, you know, we, like Joe said, we're here to talk about this hot topic of AI. Share a little bit, if you can, about what your experience has been so far on, on campus with, with AI at Bridgewater. Yeah, sure. Happy to. So I would say we've had some mixed experiences overall. Um, we've had, as you can imagine, we've had some faculty, librarians, and administrators that are all in. You know, they're excited about it. They understand the potential. Um, they're excited to kind of get their get their feet wet in this and, and get their hands dirty, so to speak. And then, you know, we also have the other end of the spectrum where we have folks that are a little bit more reserved and, um, you know, that they're not sure what to make of this yet. And uh, they're concerned. And I think that those are some of those concerns are legitimate. They're worried about, you know, privacy and it's big brother looking here. And, and uh, you know, so I think you, you got you got a little bit of both sides. And, and but then again, you know, what I also see, which is, I think is promising is you got a lot of folks that are accepting of, of AI and want to learn more and how to safely and ethically use AI to help uh, with advancing teaching and learning, but also help making us all work more efficiently and more effective, uh, effectively. So it, it's, it's mixed. Um, you know, we also have, uh, we're starting to approach this a couple of different ways, actually. And some of it's really growing organically, which I'm honestly very pleased to see. We have a couple of different groups on our campus that are starting to explore AI. So just a couple examples for you. So one, our president uh, has charged me and one other individual within our academic affairs division to lead a cross-divisional committee on artificial intelligence, really just to look at what are the use cases that are out there? How can we use it to improve the student experience? How can we use it to work more uh, smarter and not harder? So we got, 
we're looking at policy, we're looking at professional development, we're looking at all these different use cases. And so that's happening at the institutional level. But what we also have is smaller groups working divisionally focused on exploring AI. So in our academic affairs division, we have faculty and we have librarians that are looking at AI and how can how does this impact the teaching and learning environment here at the institution? What concerns do we have to be aware of? Do we want to embrace it? Do we want to be scared about you know? So it kind of like I said, it takes different perspectives on it. I'm actually I'm even uh, I've actually launched uh, a divisional within my IT division uh, group on AI that's really looking at more of the technical aspects of of AI. So kind of really digging into what the different capabilities that are out there and really to use that info to help us cast a short and a long-term vision on how we're going to embrace AI at, at the institution. That's really cool. I, I'm happy to hear that um, you know you have some initiatives that sound exciting. Um, I'm curious, where, where do you see the value in AI, um, not just across your, your institution, but in, in higher education generally speaking. And then yeah. on the flip side, what are what are some of the challenges that you see? Well, I think some of the common ones that, that you know, you're hearing out there, uh, for me anyway, my personal opinion on this, if you were to look at this from, you know, as far as is this a game changer on a level one, uh, it's, it's not a game changer or a level 10, like this is, you know, a real game changer. I'm a 10, right? And that's obviously part, probably part of my role is what I do for a living. But I, I really do believe that. Um, and we've seen we've seen examples of that already, where we've been able to use AI within our institution to help with expediting some things that would have taken us hours to do, and we've been able to do it much much quicker and more efficiently, and frankly, even accurately. Now, that's not the case for everything yet. This is all relatively new in the grand scheme of things, at least as far as generative AI goes, right? But you know, overall, um, we think it's a, I think it's a game changer here. Um, you know, as far as value goes, there's a lot of repetitive tasks that we have to do in public higher ed. You know, take a look at when you look at reviewing applications, thousands and thousands of applications yeah. get received and have to get reviewed. Right. And and mm -hmm. that's a lot of manual work to be able to go through that, that as humans, that's that's challenging for us. Right. We're not necessarily designed to be able to process large amounts of information very quickly. But, well, machine learning and AI can do that very, very quickly. So. You know, we got a lot of opportunity here, I think, to, to really embrace AI, um, but we got to do it ethically, right? And so we know AI is obviously based off of uh, at least generative AI right now, a lot of the large language models that are out there, are, are they're all based off of the existing data that exists, and there's a lot of inequities that exist uh, naturally out there. And so, you know, we need to educate people and make sure that we all understand um, this is a technology that it's not going to go away, right? We know that it's not going away. Everyone's going to be expected to use AI, but how do we do so in a ethical manner, in in a safe manner, to not expose the institution and our students and our people to any un and any unwanted risks? So, you know, overall, Joe, I I really um, we're we're excited about it here. I can tell you, our president is excited about it, about the capabilities of it, and how we'll be able to leverage this technology again to really improve our overall operational effectiveness and efficiencies as an institution. Um, but we also recognize the fact that this is scary for some folks. And, you know, we really need to make sure that we 
educate everyone and um, just have conversations about this really to, to make sure that we embrace it in the right way. Those are really good, really good thoughts, Steve. You know, you mentioned uh, the support of the president and this um, committee comprised of you and someone on the academic side is kind of leading the charge. What about faculty? Um, what, what is um, your experience with faculty across the institution regarding AI? Are they embracing it? Are they thinking about ways to use it in their in their classrooms? What are your thoughts? Good there? question. Yeah, they, they absolutely are. They're very much aware of it. I think you're going to have, we definitely have mixed uh, emotions and feelings on whether it's something that should be embraced and, and this is a good thing or if this is something that's scary. Uh, so we have a little bit of both. But again, as an institution, we realize the fact that this is something that's so important and transformational that we need to make sure that we are educating our, our faculty and our students, for that matter, on the responsible use of AI. Um, I think we have some faculty that really understand the pros, the benefits, you know, as an example, within our learning management system. Um, right now, uh, our vendor is, is incorporating the use of AI to help with generating course syllabus, right, and, and rubrics and, and scoring measures. Like, that's a tool that can help faculty that normally would take them many hours to complete. Uh, that's a time saver to them. And that, that's obviously just one emerging example. Um so I, I would say we have uh, mixed emotions on it. I think pe- uh, faculty and librarians are, are starting to understand and um, want to learn more about it. Um, and that's really one of the points of that divisional committee that I was talking about within academic affairs. We got a lot of chatter going on in that group, which is a good thing. We want people within our institution to be talking about this. And we want that to be fed across, cross divisionally. Because in, I feel like in order to be su- successful with AI, this isn't something that can be can happen in a, in a vacuum. It can't be something that's discussed in a siloed approach. You really need to be, you know, sharing different opinions and thoughts and risks and opportunities across the institution and, and diversifying the opinions of the group. And that's going to help you be successful with it. How about students, Steve? Has, has, has there been any any input from from what the students are are saying, using, trying to do? Yeah, well, we, we, we obviously know they're using it, right? I mean, that's that, that that's a given. They know that it's out there. Um, and so, you know, as I, I would say that they want to embrace it too, but what we've actually heard from some students is we want to use this as a tool, like, because let's face it, our students are going to be expected to know how to use AI when they enter the workforce, right? That's just going to happen. Right. So, you know, they're curious, they want to be able to use it. You know, I think a lot of uh, people tend to think, well, they're just going to use it to cheat. And it's like, well, you know, maybe you're going to have some that do that, right? You know, I'm not saying that's not going to happen, let's face mm-hmm. it. But um, I think a lot of our students are looking at this as how could I use this as a tool to help me learn as an aid, you know, as a co-pilot, as Microsoft would say, versus something that is just going to do the work for me. Um, so I, I think it's, you know, our students are definitely interested. They want to learn more. Uh, we're going to be providing resources to our students so that they, again, know how to use it responsibly and ethically. You know, don't take sensitive information and throw it into chat GPT, right? Uh, it, but it's some of those very, it's that clear guidance that sometimes you just have to provide to uh, uh, young people and students that are that are out there, and even, even adults for that matter, just who may not know how to responsibly use the tools. So overall, I think it's been positive, um, but we got we got a lot of work to do. 
Yeah, I think the the awareness and the training, it should and, and like you say, it, it it should be viewed as a tool, right? But it's it's just another tool that they need to be aware of and and trained on how to how to use, like you said, ethically and responsibly. What about you specifically, Steve? Are are you using AI on a on a daily basis, on a, on a weekly basis to to do anything? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely using it. I think I'm I'm probably I'm just scratching the surface overall, but I, I am definitely uh, using AI. I mean, obviously, I've used like most people. I've I've fired up Chat GPT probably more times than I can count at this point. Uh, but really, just to you know, help with guiding me, like you know, like you had said, Brian, just as like a tool to to say if I'm trying to write something, you know, even if it's especially if it's comprehensive, get me started. You know, I kind of already know in my mind what I kind of want to do here, but to have something like a Chat GPT. Uh, kind of start me off with maybe an outline or maybe help with an intro or something like that, that helps, you know, time's, time's precious here. And if I can leverage a tool like that to help me, you know, with my day-to-day work and I can get to more things and spend time on the things that are, you know, really require my attention, then that's, that's something that should be welcomed in my opinion. So I've definitely used it that way. You know, I've been playing around with Bing Chat Enterprise, which is, uh, you know, that's Microsoft's AI-powered co-pilot, you know, just to do similar tasks of, of that nature. Um, I've even done a little bit more of a, this is you know, purely more of an experimental thing, but I've played around with uh, Dubscript um, to clone my voice, which is pretty, by the way, you didn't know this isn't actually me talking to you right now, did you? <laughs> um, so what I've done with, with, if you go with Dubscript, what you can actually do is you can, you go through a training model where you read, um, you know, various clips and stories or whatever the case may be to allow the, the model to learn your voice. And then after it processes, you can actually feed it text and it'll respond back in your voice. So just to kind of, it, it's pretty powerful and it's kind of scary at the same time, but I actually use that within a demo um, to show people like, look, this is actually the power of some of this, of what this AI technology can actually do. I mean, everyone's heard of a chatbot. Yeah, that's only one sliver of what we can do right now when we're just on the cusp of of being able to do so much more as we start to get our our uh, our hands together with this. So, you know, overall, I think it's going pretty pretty well here. Actually, even outside of my own use case within my division, we've used it to help with a lot of our work. So one of the example that we just had um, was we had to deploy a software package to um, uh, a select number of machines. And it, it, it wasn't a, a typical install that might be able to just be, you know, easily deployed remotely. Um, it was actually something that need, needed some manual intervention. And, you know, normally that would take several hours to do, right? Lots of handholding, physically having to be there in person. And so one of our technicians uh, went to Bing Chat Enterprise, their, their chat bot and said, this is, you know, obviously I'm paraphrasing the prompt here, but this is what I'm looking to do. Give me uh, some ideas on how I can accomplish it. And it responded back with the answer and it even provided the script. It wrote the script to be able to deploy the package and it saved us hours of time, right? And so, you know, that would have taken him a, a while to do all the research, to write the script, to deploy it, to test it. That's the game changer aspect of this that, that I think we're just really scratching the surface on. I love that. I love it. What, and so my my mind goes. So if if you can if you can use Bing Enterprise to to write scripts and and use it again ethically and responsibly, there are others out there who can use it maliciously also, right? How how do we what what do we do about that? 
Yeah, well, like like any good technology, there's going to be use cases where people are going to use it nefariously, right? And so, I think you know, I think that's where we have to lean on um, a couple different things. Like one, you know, we need to lean on these AI developers to make sure that that their engines and their models can't be used, uh, or at least try to put some boundaries on how they can be used uh, or not be used, rather on you know. It, from an ethical standpoint, you know, you shouldn't be able to, and we've, you know, there's already been improvements on this already, right? But you shouldn't be able to go to uh, an AI chatbot, a public AI bot like that, and be able to write phishing emails or, you know, right. uh, other types of social engineering messages like that. So I think some of this stuff is going to be just, it's going to take time in order to put some boundaries and wrappers around it. Um, but I think the other big aspect of this is, you know, despite those efforts, people are still going to continue to use it nefariously and we're going to have to really educate really you know hunker down and educate our users on these are what the capabilities that are out there right you know you used to rely on let's go to phishing for an example you used to be able to rely on a, a key training uh, element for users on phishing messages was to look for that broken english look for that poorly written message like that's a usually an immediate red flag well with with generative AI, that's not necessarily the case anymore, right? Because they're very articulately written, they're clear, there's no misspellings, and it's a lot harder. So it really comes down to, I think, the training aspect as well to, to help us here. So training, obviously, is a, is, a, is a big ticket item here, Steve, training and awareness. What else do you think that higher ed institutions need to do to to prepare themselves for this this really ai revolution what do, what do they need to do to even get started well i i think first even back it up a little further embrace it you know you gotta embrace it it's not going away um if you don't embrace it if you choose to just kind of ignore you will get passed Right, it's going to be a competitive advantage for for others. You, if you don't do it, you'll get you'll be left behind. There's no doubt about it. Um, so I think once you've come to the, the institutions have come to the realization that this is something that we really need to pay attention to, and I, I do think a lot of them have. You need to educate yourselves on it, like we just talked about. You know, what are the capabilities? We're just starting to scratch the surface on gen AI, right? Obviously an artificial intelligence as a whole has been out for decades now, right? That that's, that's, we're not debating that gen AI though, you know, it's really 2023 was, is, is really when it came out. So we've come a long way uh, in the last year, as far to, as far as gen AI goes, and we're on the brink of, ge of general artificial intelligence, which is the formation of new knowledge. So um, I think people really need to just educate themselves on what this whole AI thing is, how can we use it to our advantage um, to achieve our institutional organizational mission and goals? And I would say it's not just the responsibility, you know, this is obviously just my opinion, but it's not the responsibility of the CIO alone to lead the AI charge of an organization. It needs to be cross-divisional. It needs to be cross-departmental. You have to have buy-in from different constituent groups if you're going to to unleash the capabilities and the full power of AI within your organization. And you need that collective input to establish some short-term and some long-term strategies. Um, so I think, you know, to, to that point even, organizations need to step back and ask themselves, once they form those groups, you know, 
what do you what are your goals with AI? What do you what do you actually even want it to be able to do for you? Um, and actually document those and 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 list those out so that everyone is on the same playing field. What are, what are your use cases? Because every organization is a little bit different, right? Sure, you're going to have the productivity suite apps and and things that you can use, but every vendor out there, I feel like under the sun, is trying to figure out how do I incorporate AI into my product or service. So you're going to have some real niche examples there of how AI can help you. You need to start to document where you want, what are those use cases, and how do you want to use AI to help you advance your institutional organizational mission, vision, and goals. And then, you know, I, I think another thing, or it's, I'd say this is really more foundational than anything, is obviously AI is nothing without data. Organizations need to get their hands around their data, right? You have to get your arms around it. Where is it going to live? And how are you going to protect it? You know, you need to properly permission off um, your data. So the AI is querying data under the right context, right? So that it can help you. Um, you don't want a student to be able to go uh, ask a question and have sensitive HR data be 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 handed out as a, just as a as a silly example. But you know, I think you get the idea. So again, for me, it really just comes down to you know, take a stance, uh, educate yourselves on on the capabilities of the of the uh, of the technology, form a group within your organization to talk about this, talk about the capabilities. Identify what your goals are, what your use cases are, and then start to get your hands around the data and start to deploy. Steve, I think those are really good considerations on what's going on. And like all of us, you know, certainly are just scratching the surface. We really appreciated uh, having you on today. Wanted to, you know, just thank you again. Loved hearing about the uh, the initiatives at, at Bridgewater. It's pretty cool to see you and the leadership really embracing uh, AI, and for sharing uh, you know your considerations that institutions should look at if they're interested in getting started. So thank you again. No, I appreciate it, Joe. Thanks for having me, and, and great talking with both of you. Brian, thanks for joining me uh, and Steve. Uh, You can find our podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google, and Apple. Check back next month for another great topic and great guest. Until then, stay well. 